Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the all-new Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. on Atlanta's Incredible Radio. Every Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for information to transform your health and your life. Welcome again to Health Talk with Dr. Diane. I'm so excited today. My guest today is Pastor Terry. And Pastor Terry has this amazing story. Uh, When I heard the story, I knew I had to get her on the show because it's so inspirational that I know there are many listeners out there. There's someone out there who is waiting for this message. And so I really wanted to bring you on. I mean, this is such an amazing story. So, Pastor Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right. Now, you are the author of the book, Crawling Out of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, when, when folks hear this story, they'll understand that mm-hmm. this title is very applicable. So, first of all, who's Pastor Terry? Tell me a little about your background. Where are you from? Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you, Diana, for having me here. This is, um, Pastor Terry is from Kenya. Yes, that is Africa, <laughs> East Africa to be precise. Um, friend-loving person, born again. I just love, I love how God deals with me. Um, not in every season, but then I've come to appreciate every season, understanding that every season just has its way of how I'm packaged, but I I I'm, I'm I love swimming. <laughs> All right. Now yeah, you mentioned I, you were, you were born again. So yeah. this was from a young age, or was it an older as as you were older? When did you uh, become born again? Actually, from a young age. Okay. Young age, I mean, I just kept serving the Lord. I was I would you would always find me in church. So I'm a churchy person. You're a churchy person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, um, even so, as a young kid, what uh, what was life like? Life was uh, normal, or were yes. there challenges? Oh no, life was very normal. Uh, grew up in a very home loving, you know, uh, environment. My parents uh, Christians from a very young age, and so I was. I grew up in a very stable home, so to speak. Normal challenges, normal sibling fights, really nothing quite out of the ordinary. But I was a sickling as well, so, but nothing was really out there that was not, you know, like any other. Okay, all right, so pretty normal, pretty normal. happy, happy yeah. childhood. Yeah. Now, uh, the events of this book took place in what year? 2004. Okay, yeah. so in 2004, mm-hmm. you were about to get married. Yes. And tell us 
what happened that mm -hmm. changed your life? Okay. So I'm, I'm excited early in the morning. It's my wedding day. And, you know, as a, as a girl, you're waiting for this day for a very long time. So finally, it is here. I'm pretty excited. I just completed my, uh, my Bible and theology um, while going to school. So early in the morning, I realized that I had part of the coat of my fiancé. And I needed to, you know, he needed to get them. So I called him on the phone and we talk and he says, oh, no problem. We'll get to church and we'll have those clothes. But one of my friends had spent the night. So I give her these clothes uh, because, you know, she's going to get there before me. Problem is she was not very conversant with where we were staying. So she needed to get to the bus stop because she was not driving. So I decided to escort her. This was about quarter to five in the morning. So I escort her to the bus stop and um, she gets in the bus. And as I'm coming on my way back home, there's a car parked in front of me. There is a, you know, a guy sitting on the bonnet. I'm not thinking much about it. I'm just humming my happy tunes. And boom, this is the guy just grabs me, you know, and stashes something in my mouth, throws me in the back seat. And how, how far, how far is this from home? Because I know you walked your friend to the bus stop, but yes. how far from home? This is about... 10 minutes okay it's, yeah it's not far it's not far at all. and as far as you know is the area generally safe very okay very safe. so this is really unusual then very, and it's just so unusual i'm not prepared i mean of course nobody's ever prepared for such kind of a thing but i'm just left wondering what's going on but quickly i am thrown in the back of the seat and blows, you know, has been hit left, right, and center. I got to realize there were four people in the car. That was my, you know, that was the driver, the co-driver, myself, and the guy who was with me at the back seat. Mm, mm. And the co-driver is kneeling on his seat. He's just punching me. He's just punching me continuously with this guy at the back. And the driver is driving so fast. And I'm, I'm you know, again, if someone has never been through anything like this, I'm, I'm just wondering... You're thrown in the back of the car. You realize there are three other people in the car. What's yeah. going through your mind at this point? I can't even explain. There was just, you, you see, I was yanked from the uh, happy emotion. So my mind is still stuck at that. The ah. that is telling me this is a surprise. But then when the blow started landing on my face and everywhere, I realized, wait, this is not a surprise. And then my, my question is, what do you want? Uh, going on uh, yeah so before long that's when one of them just said you know you have to cooperate or you'll die and i'm asking what so i pushed the thing from my mouth and i see it's pieces of clothes so they, they had, you know, they had I'm, wedding day. I'm just confirming so they had put yeah. my cloth in your mouth to kind of yes. stop you from making noise right okay exactly okay exactly right. yeah so i i managed to say it's my wedding day and one of them and just laughed really loud and said, go to our wedding day and put the, 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 the cloth back in my mouth. <laughs> I'm just in shock because I, I still haven't comprehended what is going on. When he is done, the co-driver comes and he as well does the same thing, you know, just goes in. And when he is done, the car stops for a bit. Okay. So I'm, I'm only going to recap because there was a point there where um, the, the connection 
probably the internet connection made it so that the, the mm-hmm. speech was distorted. So I wanted to make sure that our listeners um, heard what you said. So basically when okay. you were, you were in the back with yeah. one guy and um, yeah. he raped you. Yes. And then yeah. the, the co-driver, mm-hmm. the, the, so the passenger, the front seat passenger came back. So the car was still driving and he also took turn mm-hmm. to do the same. Correct. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So then now the driver, mm-hmm. then now the driver came behind and that's, I think that's the only time where the car stopped. So the driver now came behind and now he decided to be different. He removed the cloth from my mouth and opened up his manhood and, you know, put open up his zipper and put his manhood in my mouth. And I tell you, I was doctor. I was just feeling I'm gone. You know, I just mm-hmm. felt I can't, I can't do this. Um, and one time I remember I'd watched Oprah one time show and, and he, she talked about how you can, you know, protect yourself, how you can be safe and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that just crossed my mind at that time. I said, you know, I'm going to bite this man. Mm-hmm. Because I knew I was going to die, given the blood um, that was there and the smell that I had. And I just knew, because I'm going to die, I will bite this man so that he doesn't do this to any other woman. Mm. So I take a bite, and oh, he just gave out to a scream. He really screamed so loud. And from, I do not know from the three, somebody stabbed me in my oh, stomach. Gosh. Oh, my goodness. I was opened, and I was thrown out. Wow. I remember I hit the, the tarmac, rolled a bit, and I passed out. You know what's amazing? And I, again, for any of our listeners and viewers who are just joining us, you're, you're listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD, and my guest today is Pastor Terry Gobanga. Um, and she is the author of the book, Crawling Out of Darkness. And we're talking about uh, her experience back in 2004, where... On her wedding day, of yeah. all days, yeah. uh, she was heading back home after taking a friend to the, to the bus stop, heading mm-hmm. back home early in the morning and was attacked where someone pulled her in the, ba- in the back of a car. And mm-hmm. uh, as she mentioned, she was raped by two of the, the people in the car. And mm-hmm. the third one attempted and you were able to... Now, here's the, the beauty of this. I'm thinking... Here you are in the middle of this, and you're thinking about preventing this guy from doing this to someone else. I mean, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I don't know. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, they, they, so you were stabbed, you said. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. So stab yes. and thrown out. Thrown out of this moving vehicle. And... So this is just, you know, he has said later on again, you know, that a small child saw me being thrown out of the car. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who actually went on uh, to, to call the grandmother. She was staying with the grandmother and the grandmother came and started screaming. And so people came out of their houses and they were able to, to you know, to see this girl. So remember, I was, I was abducted at about quarter to six in the morning mm-hmm. and I was found at 1230 oh wow so this was several several hours of of this terrible ordeal where how far from home were you dropped off those are miles 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 and miles away okay miles away yes yeah so um so they was a uh when even the when the police came and the villages they 
they just could not get apart. So the, everybody believed that I was dead. And they wrapped me in the dead man's blanket. You know, in, in, in Kenya, we have something before the body bag. Uh, we have, you know, you, you just, you get wrapped in sort of a blanket and then they put you in the, in the back of the car as they're taking you to the mortuary. But here is Terry, I cough because I'm alive. And <laughs> she's alive, you know, what, what, so they change, you know, they're going to the national, um, the, the uh, national hospital. Which is so instead of the mortuary, they're taking yeah. you now to the hospital. Exactly. I, I'm curious, did at any point mm-hmm. while uh, all of this was going on, after you were dropped off and they were trying to figure out what to do with you, where to take you, were you aware of any of this? Was it something like you were aware, but you couldn't respond or were you not aware of what was going on? Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware. What what I remember though, um, I know I just had people screaming, um, I, and I do not know at what point. Okay. So yeah, I can't I can't really tell at what point that happened. Okay. So now you are, instead of going to the mortuary, thank goodness, Mm -hmm. because you're not dead, as they thought, (laughs) you're being taken, you know, we're, we are, we're chuckling about it right now. But my Mm -hmm. God, this is really, can you imagine? Mm -hmm. Um, So now we're going to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so now you're at the hospital and, and what's going on? So now at the hospital and they look at me. And I hear, um, I was a mess. I was just screaming. And especially whenever I would hear a male voice, you know, a man's voice. Of course, the trauma. I would be screaming everywhere. Yeah. And um, the hospital managed to, to you know, to trace uh, the church where I was supposed to get married to, which is purely a miracle. And they get to this church. Um, this is All Saints Cathedral back in Kenya. Mm-hmm. They get to this church and they get the reverend there. And, he, you know, they ask, are you missing a bride? Remember, people in church, they've had to pull down my decor to give room for the second wedding, which was coming in, because now the bride is missing. Nobody knows where the bride is. I was, what, what were they thinking? Because, I mean, I, I'm thinking about that now. Mm-hmm. If you're at a church waiting for the bride to show up yes. and the bride doesn't show up, yes. I mean, what were they thinking? People thought, well, cold feet, you know, maybe I changed my mind. Those who did not know that my fiancé was inside waiting for me thought maybe we eloped, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, there were all sorts of um, accusations, allegations. People just did not understand what was happening. Back at home, everybody was just so scared. Celebrations had died down. People were sent out. Could you go look for her? My friend right. Judy was in a lot of trouble. Where is she? You were the one who left with her. Where did you take her? Mm. What, everybody was just at her. And I yeah. It, I, I felt really sad for her later on, of course, because at that time I did not know much. But yeah, so when he gets to church and, and you know, they say, could you come? And the reverend goes to, to the hospital and is able to say, hey, this is Terry. Goes back to church, picks my fiancé, they call back home. So everybody meets at the hospital. And problem is the member of, uh, you know, our fourth estate was also present. I do not mm-hmm. know how that leaked to them, but the media was also there to take my story. Mm. I want to tell you, Dr. Dan, I felt so bad. You know, when you're so down, the last thing you want is for people to publicize mm-hmm. what has happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I felt really, really broken at that time, you know, for my story to be out there. Because at night I was part of the news, the bride who was raped, 
in the morning I was in the newspaper, the bride was raped and I felt, God, where are you? I'm curious about this because in some cultures, um, mm-hmm. when rape occurs, they even will look at the woman, the victim, and will blame them. Did you experience that or was it uh, entirely a supportive thing for you? No, I really experienced it. Um, the question was, hello? Yes, I'm here. So the question okay. was, in, in some cultures with rape, they, they do blame the victim, the woman. So during yeah, that sure. time, did you experience any kind of blaming or was people just simply supportive of you? No, um, I, I, I did receive quite a bit of support from my family. But the question was, why did you go where as a bride? How would you leave the house in the morning? And yes, it is not one of the, it doesn't happen. I actually had to escort Judy because, you know, my best mate said, you see, I can't take her to the bar store. My work is to ensure that you have a proper breakfast, you know, so I'm not leaving. So really, it was one of those things that just doesn't really happen to brides. You don't leave the house in the morning. Uh. And that was something that haunted me for a long time. People kept throwing that on my face. That why, you know, how do you? How do you leave the house in the morning? You're the bride, you know, like you brought this to yourself. Uh, so uh-huh, uh-huh. Definitely, I was on the receiving end as well. Like, how could you? Why did you? So those are some of the things that I had to fight with. And you mentioned that you were inundated, you know, in the morning. They would talk about it. And at night, they would talk about it. So this was a lot. What were you when you were by yourself? And especially someone who's a person of faith. Mm-hmm. What were you going through? I mean, were you questioning God? Were you saying, why me? How were you handling this? Oh, my God. I oscillated between, I, I was a mixed, I was a cocktail of emotions, you know. Mm-hmm. One minute I would be able to really, you know, thank God and say, I really thank God for life. I didn't die through it all. I really thank God that, you know, I'm, I'm alive. Well, there were bad news that was there, you know. For example, where I was stabbed, the doctor said um, it went deep and it ruptured my womb. My womb was ruptured in the process. Mm. So I was told that we would not be able to carry children. And so some of the things, as, I, as I'm saying, you know, a cocktail of emotions. So one minute I'm saying, thank you, God, that I did not die. Mm-hmm. The next minute I'm asking God, really? Like, why did, it, why did this even have to happen? Okay, why did it even happen to happen on my wedding day? Well, there's no day that is better. But why did it have to happen on my wedding day? Then I, I get from there and I said, but God, now, why am I alive and I will never be able to have children? Mm. So I was a mixture of everything. And a woman of faith, born again, you know, a pastor by then as well. But I still, I really still did struggle. But what kept me was worship. What just kept me was worship. I just kept playing worship. I kept, and that kept lifting me up. Mm, that's yes. wonderful. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. So, so now you're in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You've recovered. Yes. Uh, how long did this recovery uh, period take? It's about two weeks uh, where they had to do the stitching, uh, where they had to give me medication, you know, prevention from HIV and AIDS. They had to give me the pill so that I don't conceive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they had to start counseling on me so yeah. I was about two weeks that's when I went home okay and I, was told that I needed to go back for counseling and then three months I would need to go in for uh, HIV and an AIDS test and and you know that's that's interesting sometimes people hear of rape and they don't consider all of that right so you have to yeah. deal with 
the trauma of the rape, then the the trauma, the psychological trauma also. But people don't often realize that generally women end up taking the morning after pill because there is a risk that you could conceive. And then there is HIV. So you you end up taking the antiretroviral to prevent. Mm -hmm. And then then months later, you're still expected to, you know, it doesn't end. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. Right. it's more or less like a constant reminder that, hey, this is what happened to you. So yeah. You to, and of course, don't forget the police aspect of it because they're also trying to get evidence. Yes. Who did this? You know, who, so I kept, they kept calling me to the police station. Um, could you try and do, put a lineup and is, there, is it any one of these men, you know? And at one point I told them, listen, I can't do this anymore. The more I try to keep moving and the minute I get that phone call to go to the police station, I'll go to the police station and I'm really, my heart is just pumping out on myself because I'm thinking, am I going to see either of them today? Is it going to be today? So it would take a lot of emotions and a lot of, it reminds me of that. I have to replay that in my mind and, you know, look keenly at this man. Is it any of you? At one point I told them I can't do this. I, mm. I can't do this. So I'm, I, 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 I stopped the legal bit of it. I said, you know what, God is going to take care of this. So did they? So they they never caught these guys. They never did. They oh never boy! Did. Was I at the right place at the wrong time or wrong place at the right time? I just I, was there any thought that it, it could have been planned? Did that did that actually uh, go through anyone's mind that perhaps this was planned? Oh my God! It was it was it went through a lot of people's mind. They blamed okay. everybody. They blamed especially Judy, my friend that I escorted. Oh, okay. Thing. Are you sure you did not plan this? Are you sure you're not jealous of her? Are you sure? Are you sure? So there was a lot of that. Okay. Okay. How was Judy today? She's fine. Okay. Okay. Oh, she's fine. I thank God for restoring our relationship because uh-huh. at one point we drifted with everything that everybody was talking about. I, but I came out to defend her strongly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so now um, you've been released from the hospital. One of the things you mentioned is um, that you did have some counseling, which I think mm-hmm. is good. Um, yes. But tell me, uh, your husband now? Well, mm-hmm. well, he was the the he was supposed to be your husband, and yeah. all of this happened. So, mm-hmm. how did he take it, and and where did things go from there with your relationship? He was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. Super supportive. Uh-huh. He wanted to marry me regardless. He actually came with my um, wedding gown on that very day. Oh, wow. He wanted to marry me. Yes, he was such a gentleman. And, you know, we just went on. Like, he kept, uh, he was with me every uh, counseling session, uh, unless he was asked to step out. He was, you know, he was there all through. Mm-hmm. And he kept telling me, I want to marry you. You know, I want to marry you. And I kept telling him, just wait. Just wait, because I was in a state, uh, my mind was not functioning very well. I needed to understand, I needed to get what was happening to me. I needed God. I, I felt there was a need for God to explain why he allowed this to happen to me. So I was, I was not in a very good space. So I told mm-hmm. him, just wait, just wait. So up until when we got to the to six months and it was really confirmed that I was negative, I was very ignorant about HIV and AIDS then. Mm-hmm. Once it was confirmed that I was negative, I was very excited and I told him now, now we can get married. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we started organizing for what I call my second wedding. Okay. And yeah. so you guys did actually get married? 
we actually did get married god gave us a free wedding totally free wedding you know the the, the media that took my story and put it out there somebody read my story uh-huh. and got in touch and said hey we i want to help a lady called veep said i want to help i want i want to give you a free wedding and so uh-huh. i've given a free wedding that oh was, that's that, wonderful yeah, wonderful yeah. So we did get married um went for honeymoon came back that was 29 days later we came back and uh, we were staying at a very very cold place uh-huh. and, and my husband thought hey i i want to do i want to make sure that you're warm i don't want my bride to be cold even uh-huh. one more time so he went and bought a charcoal burner okay yeah so that's what we had in in our bedroom it was it was making the room warm and nice Mm-hmm. But when we went to the bedroom, he actually removed it outside, uh, you know, so that we are okay in the night. But it was a very, very cold night still. In as much as the room was warm, mm-hmm. I was still very cold. And I remember telling him this. So what happened after that was, I think I just passed out. You know, coming to, I would call him. At times he would respond. At times he would not respond. None of us knew what was going on at the time. We just could not understand why. Uh, we didn't have the strength to stand up. But we were talking. Um, I remember telling him, oh, my, we need to pray. And we were praying. Nothing was happening. Kept saying we need. Uh, I told him, you need to say we shall live and not die in Jesus' name. And he kept saying that. And I, could, I, I kept saying that. He couldn't say that. He kept saying, Jesus, Jesus. Then I passed out. The next time I woke up, I pushed myself out of the bed. I fell down. I threw up. Interesting enough, when I threw up, I got some strength to crawl. Mm-hmm. So I crawled, switched on the light, went to his side of the bed. He was sleeping, picked the phone, called my best maid, who was actually upstairs. We were staying in an apartment, so he was, she was upstairs in the next floor. And she told me, I've heard you guys calling. I know the thieves have called the police. I said, no, they're not police. Something is very wrong. My husband is not even responding. The money to come downstairs, broke the door, uh, crawled, opened the last latch on the door. They came in. The next time I woke up, I was in hospital. <laughs> now, again, again. If, if all that happened to you was what happened the first time, mm-hmm. it, it in itself would be enough for a lifetime, right? Many people yes. don't go through any mm-hmm. of that one thing. Yeah. And then here yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you're now on your way. Now, things have turned a corner, right? You've yeah. come out of the hospital you, you know that you're not HIV positive, things yes. are looking good. The man that was supposed to marry you decided he mm-hmm. still wanted to marry you, which yeah. is wonderful. I, I mean, there are relationships that have broken up when something like this happened, right? Absolutely. But he's stuck by you. You guys got married, got a free mm-hmm. wedding, right? Yes. yes. So it's, it's looking up. And now, yeah. now, now yeah. this. So as you said, you're, you're, Staying at a place, it was cold, mm-hmm. and he, yeah, cold. he got this uh, coal burner, which I'm from mm-hmm. the Caribbean, so um, yeah, we're yeah, very yeah, familiar with this, right? Okay. So yeah, that okay. was to warm up the place, and, and then, but, but you noticed that both of you were feeling dizzy yeah. and weak and tired. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, did anything occur to you as to what may be going on? Oh, no, 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 not at all. We just, because if there was anything, then we shouldn't be talking to each other. But we were able to converse. But so you we were just feeling weak and tired. Uh, Absolutely. You uh-huh. know, very cold. I just remember it was just too cold. And why we needed to stand was just to get another duvet to add on to what we have. And that's when we realized, wait, we can't stand. So something is wrong. So we were So a du- what's, a was- what's a duvet? What's a duvet? 
cover, you know, like oh, a like blanket. a blanket. Ah, yes, yes, so you wanted yes. another blanket, but you couldn't yes. stand up to get it. We couldn't stand to get it, and okay. we were shouting. We were screaming because the watchman's house was, uh, you know, the guard's house was pretty close to where we're staying. You know, the okay. Guard of that but he he didn't come either. So okay. So this this was what your your friends heard you screaming and thought maybe there were thugs there. Absolutely. Okay. And they called the police. Okay. Okay. But then they just they didn't show up at the right time because I heard they came when we were already in hospital. Okay. So I when I woke up I asked, uh, "Where's my husband?" Then you know they said, "Oh, he's in the next room. We are you know we're working on him." I said, "Okay." So. Went back to sleep, you know, then woke wake up again at some point and I asked, so how is he doing? Where is he? He's like, he's in the next room. We're still working on him. But then I had a very disturbing conversation. Well, it was just a conversation the nurse was having on the phone, but she mentioned uh, mortuary. Mm. And, and for me, something just jumped in my spirit. I thought, mm. she mentioned mortuary. So I started calling out frantically. And I said, I want to see the doctor. I want to see the doctor. You know, I don't want to talk to you. I want to see the doctor. So the doctor was brought in. And I remember him just, you know, moving the curtain around my bed. And I said, listen, where's my husband? And, you know, he's in the next room. I said, listen, I've gone through enough. I want you to tell me the truth. And I just want one word from you. Don't tell me any other thing. Just one word, alive or dead. And I remember the doctor just looked at me and said, I'm sorry. We didn't make it. Oh, wow. So this is a, a month after your, your wedding. 29 days. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. And I could not believe it. until Doctor, I just laughed. I laughed really loud. And I asked him, listen, are you born again? And he said, yes. I said, good for you. Get up. We have to go pray for him because that's not how God does things. Mm. And I was pulling all these machines that were attached to me. Because I'm getting up. I have to pray for him. God doesn't do things like that. He, can, he should give you a break, you know, mm-hmm. I, so I thought. Mm-hmm. And as I'm trying to pull this in off, the doctor just slaps me, mm-hmm. you know. And, 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 and later on, I get to understand I'm running in shock. Because you, you were probably me. so hysterical and that so, was his way. <laughs> yeah. And you just needed to get me to get understand you back. You. Yeah. Your body cannot shut down on me. You have to understand this. And, and, and let me tell you, oh, my God, the news got home. I, it crushed me. Pain, I cannot explain. Pain to your fingernails. I just, I was lost for words. I... I I just, I was at that place. I, I, I just needed to see him for me to believe. And they refused for me to see him. They said, no, he is gone. And, and, and you know, you put me, you know, pinning me back in bed, trying to give me this, you know, injecting me. So Sedate you a little bed. bit. Yeah, yeah. Listen, at, and I'm talking about people who are pretty religious. At this point, maybe saying, you know, I'm done. I'm done with this religious thing because I'm, ser- mm-hmm. I'm serving God and mm-hmm. look at all this test that I'm having. Yeah. At, at any point, did that cross your mind or did that pull you closer to your uh, faith? No. At that point, none of that uh, happened. I did not draw away. I did not get closer to God. At that point, I was just confused. Okay. I just knew somebody will come and give me a different news. I just waited. I mean, I was told my brother is on his way. I was, I was just waiting. Somebody needs to tell me something different. Something is wrong. Definitely, he is not dead. So mm-hmm. when my brother came, 
And my brother confirmed and said, you know, Terry, hey, this is what has happened. I was like, no, don't take him to the morgue because he's going to freeze up. So mm. I don't want him to freeze up. He, we have to pray. You know, and my brother was shaking me and telling me, Terry, you have to accept this. And he's holding me. I said, no, you know, I discharged myself from hospital, actually. Oh, because I, I, I just didn't see why nobody's allowing me to go pray for him because mm-hmm. he's going to wake up. You know, I was in great denial. Oh, boy. So when we get home and people are crying um, and, and my in-laws, but, but part of my in-laws come over crying. And the thing is, I've killed their son. Ah, so that that was the angle that that people took. Yes. Oh no! Oh my God! What? So from instead of being a mourning wife, I was a, you know the murderer. You know the the wife oh, who, boy. who did something to the husband, and I'm, I'm I was so broken. I kind of even begin to explain how broken I was because I'm here mourning, and you're telling me that I did what? you know mm-hmm. so we move past that and 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 now we're organizing for this funeral and now during that time i am so confused there's so many people coming in mm-hmm. and i remember the, the the church service where the few days ago i was in my white dress and he was waiting for me right in front at the altar and now a few days later it's still me not in white but in black and mm-hmm. he's not waiting me at the front but we are wheeling him in the mm-hmm. casket right before me and that mm-hmm. broke me that that really really did break me so we go home and we you know we do all the burial rites and everything and we come back um to to this capital city and i'm asking myself now that is where i was able to confront my faith mm-hmm. now at this point because now i'm all by myself mm-hmm. no people people are coming in and i really isolated myself that's the point where i was asking myself and and questioning my faith in fact i dare say that is the time i ask myself god are you really there mm. or do i just worship you know in the air and are you really there could you actually sit and watch me go through all this are you serious and at that time i was looking at the birds chirping i remember this day at the balcony sitting at the balcony and i was asking god this question and that's when now god was well you know i, I felt the spirit of god telling me you need to go to church and sing and i asked myself wait you can't come and tell me to go sing and you've not even explained to me what was happening and i get to realize that even as believers that's where we go wrong we refuse to move until you have an explanation of some sort Mm. why god allowed something to happen but you know he owes you no explanation and everything happens for a reason so yeah so anyway obedience is better than sacrifice i actually went to church sang and immediately that happened i realized that there was some form of healing because i was able to face um you know everything that i thought i wouldn't be able to face i was able to face people and that was just the beginning of of healing baby steps but it was something that's was wonderful something. and you do have a point you know i'm i'm a big proponent of of getting counseling and support when you're struggling mm-hmm. through things but also taking action because that sitting back and waiting sometimes just getting yourself up to take yeah. action Will, yeah. will certainly make things start falling together, you know, coming In together. Fact, I normally say, don't dwell, deal. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Don't yep. Just deal. Just deal. Deal. Deal, with the, deal with the issue. You yep. have to deal with, with the issue. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Now, and, and again, for our listeners who are just joining us, um, 
having this amazing conversation with Pastor Terry Gabanga. Her book is called Crawling Out of Darkness. And my goodness, you've been through so much, much more than many people, enough for many lifetimes, okay? So tell me that now Mm -hmm. after this, after Mm -hmm. having gone through rape, having Mm -hmm. gone through, and you were stabbed, right? Mm -hmm. Having gone through the death of your husband, yeah. In a short time after getting yeah. married, please tell me things turned around for you. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> about my business, I have said it out loud. I'm never going to get married and never, never, never. And I laugh about this and I tell people, hey, where you put a full stop, just go back and put a comma. All you right. Know, your life, <laughs> where it is. If it's God's life put a comma, allow the Lord to continue writing the rest of the chapters of your story mm-hmm. because it's not over until he says it's over. So I, 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 you know, several people started coming my way. Well, first I was really shunned and they called me cast. They call me all sorts of names. Mm. And as I said, when I went to church, you know, something just leaped in me. Life was birthed in me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So whatever else you're hearing, whatever you expose yourself to hearing, that is what is going to build you or break you. I'm so, curious. So during this time, by the way, you, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. So were you yeah. preaching in church and all of that? Mm-hmm. People yes. were coming and listening to you and, and, and all of that. Yeah, preaching. And I remember even some pastors went to my senior pastor and told him, you have to do away with this one. You know, yes. she cannot be in your team, given everything that she's going through. She's not going to bring a good name to your church. And that really broke me. Because yeah. as, as believers, we're supposed to hold up each other. Support each other. Yeah. Yeah. Each other. Yeah. yeah. So that really broke me. So anyway, I went about, I mean, I, I, as I said, I kept encouraging myself, realizing you cannot dwell. I keep encouraging people. If you decide not to move on 10 years later, the day you decide to start, you will start from where you left. So it doesn't help. Yes. So, you know, I picked myself up and, and now people started coming my way. You know, when you have positive energy, it attracts positive things. Yep, Absolutely. That is true. And so I picked myself up and continue working, continue working. And so some men started being interested. Hey, how are you doing? And things like that. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't there. So, but then there's one man who really just stood out mm-hmm. and he kept, he just kept calling me and, and, you know, he would tell me, and we would be talking for about three hours. I'm talking about my late husband. That's all I used to do. I'm just, oh, I miss him. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm crying all the time. But mm-hmm. one time he did not call me and I was very upset. And my mother, I remember my mother asking, why are you upset? You know, why are you uh-huh. upset? You said, you, said, you know, you're not going to get married or anything like that. I said, no, I'm just upset. So finally he gets in touch. And, and long and short of it, he says, you know, his phone was faulty and stuff, stuff, stuff. Then now he asks for my hand in marriage. Mm. and I tell him, wait, um, you know about my story? Could you go buy, there's a magazine that has written my story. Could you go buy it and, um, and, and you know, say, uh, read it and make sure that you want to marry me. So he does exactly that. He comes back and says, I want to marry you. I said, listen, I can't give you children. I know you African men. I won't be able to give you children, you know, given the stab. And he looks at me and says, children are a gift from God. If we get them in, man, if we do not, that means I will have more time to love you. I oh, thought, that was amazing. I know. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one before. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. I said, what now? What? 
did you just say you'll have more time to love me? I said, okay, whatever. So anyway, he, I tell him, okay, I'm going to get married to you. So he goes home. He travels home to tell the parents um, about this amazing woman she's, he's met. And, you know, everybody's excited. Tell us more mm-hmm. about her. She's born again. Oh, yes. Tell us more about her. She's a pastor. Oh, even better. So tell us more about her. She was mm-hmm. raped. Like, hmm. what do you mean she was raped? Yes, on her wedding day. Wedding day? She's married. Uh, she was married. The husband died. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. What? Like, what do you even mean? Mm-hmm. So the mother was just quiet. The father was not amused one bit. Mm-hmm. Not even the slightest. It's like, okay, listen, uh, is it not obvious? Something is wrong here. Is it? Can't you see it? You know, you, you won't even survive in this one. Can't you see? Just definitely cast. Something is very wrong. I wouldn't even come for the wedding. If you push on with this. And he told them, listen, I only came in a very respectful way. I only came to inform you. I didn't come to consult. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So he came back and he told me about it. And oh my God, are you sure you want to marry me? I said, yes, I want to marry you. You know, I have my heaven. Heaven is backing me. I want to marry you. So we started organizing for what I call my third wedding. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Also, nobody gave us a free wedding this time, <laughs> but people just came, really, really supported us, and we had our wedding. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. One year later, I get sick. I go to hospital, and they tell me you've conceived. Wow! I was elated, on top of the moon. I couldn't believe Good, it. Because this is totally gown. unexpected, yeah. right? You were told this wouldn't happen. Absolutely. So uh-huh. I go to two other guys and they confirm that, hey, you are pregnant. Wow. I just pick my phone and, and, and you know what? I text everybody on my contact list. I just said, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. So people, <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Uh-uh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, you don't worry about who I am. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Yeah. So it, it was a very tough pregnancy, I must say. But I remember. 48 hours later, I was in church that Sunday. I oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't end there. You ended up having a second child. Absolutely. So wow. now there are two. So our first one is called Tehil. Our second one is called Toda. Both beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. Now, what, what an amazing story. I mean, really. I, I mean, I know of people who have gone through a tenth of what you've mm-hmm. gone through and mm-hmm. they curl up and mm-hmm. fold away mm-hmm. and wither away mm-hmm. and you've gone through all of this mm-hmm. and somehow you flourish and you continue to do well and not only that but you are out there sharing mm-hmm. this message shared it in your book crawling out of darkness sharing it with others to help empower them. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious uh, for someone who's out there going through their darkness, whatever it is, even if it may not be anywhere as big as yours was the challenges you've had. What, um, as we wrap up this interview, what would you share with, with someone who's listening in, who's going through something and can't seem to find their way out? What, what would you tell them right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, I know that people are different seasons in their lives, but I would just want to encourage somebody out there that that's why they're called seasons because there is no absolutely no one season that comes to stay. Comes and goes, comes and goes. But then the attitude also matters. 
you know. So whenever life hits you hard, I keep reminding people, and I want to remind our viewers that listen, you are not, you do not practice for it. It's only acrobats who practice, you know, they practice for their arts, you know, but you did not practice for it. And so, yes, you're allowed to be hit down and hit down really hard. But what is of importance is for you to pick yourself up from that position. You cannot stay down there because you were not born to be down there. You were born to flourish, arise and shine. It's not just arise. After you arise, you need to shine. So you're not born to be down there. Pick yourself up. And because you did not exercise for it, you don't practice for it, you're not some form of magician, you did not practice for it as a robot. So when you're down there, get up. You won't get up on your feet. Get up on your knees. Start crawling. Do anything, but make some movement towards your destiny. Crawl out of it, then finally pick yourself up and stand up. Stand up. You will not have such a straight posture, but keep going. What I'm trying to say is there is another chapter. And if it's not so good, keep turning the pages of your life. There will definitely be a chapter that you will get to and you will say, mm, I'm glad I held on to that process because process is so key. It's so key. It will finally add up. It will finally start to make sense. It will finally, you know, today I look at my life and I say, listen, God, you're bringing me to this place. I'm still pastoring. Uh, the church is called Stones to Rubies Ministries together with my husband. We are the visionaries there. And I'm working with, you know, uh, uh, rape survivors. In fact, I do not call them. They come in as victims. They go to becoming survivors. You know you survived it all, but it's not enough for you to be a survivor. I'm encouraging people that are listening to us. It's not enough for you to be a survivor. You need to step out and be a warrior. You need to go back and minister to those who have gone through what you've gone through because there's a reason why you survived it and you are where you are. So today I run an organization. I call it Kara Olmurani. That's a very interesting language. It's called Ma in our community, in our, in our country. But it basically means I am a warrior. Mm. Just get out there and, and, and pick up somebody else who is going through what they've, they've gone through, that you've gone through. You are able to help them because they are able to understand your language. You have been there. You know what they've been through. And it will help. So go out and do something. Don't just call up, crawl out. Instead of calling up, crawl out. Wonderful. There you have it. And, and as you yeah. said, you know, one of the best ways to help yourself is actually to help mm -hmm. someone else. You, you'd be surprised mm -hmm. what it does. Yep. Exactly. Uh, yes. That's uh, such an inspirational woman, such an inspirational mm -hmm. story, because again, uh, another person would have handled this very differently. So I really thank you for uh, not only, as you said, surviving, but thriving mm -hmm. and then sharing and, and helping to empower other women. So again, thanks, uh, Pastor Terry. And the book is called Crawling Out of Darkness. And mm -hmm. tell us um, in terms of contact, is there a website that people could contact you if they want to yes. uh, hear more about you, talk to you? What's your yeah. website? Yes, um, my website is www.terrygobanga.com. Yes, so that's uh, that is Terry Gobanga. Com. Okay, yes. and we'll yes. make sure that that information is also on mm -hmm. my social media site, including my Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Also, you do have some upcoming events. Let's talk about that a little bit in case people mm -hmm. want to come check yeah. you out. All right. Um, from the 1st to the 3rd of December, I will be in Alabama. 
um, we are having a HER conference. We're calling it HER conference. And uh, HER, Healing, Empowerment, and Restoration. Um, that is what we are trusting God in the meeting. So that will be from the first to the third. First and third, it's open to, to everybody, you know, the first from 6 p.m., third from 1 p.m. But then on the second, it's just purely for the ladies. We begin from 10 a.m. all the way to 6 p.m. So 6 p.m., we're going to have a banquet, and it's free for all, for all the ladies. So just come out all. It's going to be beautiful. We, we will have this at um, Baran Outreach Ministry. And we are just trusting God for an overflow because we want to minister to, to the women that they're able to be empowered, they're able to be healed. Because I realize that the greatest thing that you can have as a person is healing from the inside because then it pours on the outside. So it's called Her Conference featuring Deborah, yet Queens. And the address is 105 Courtway, Pelham, Alabama. 35124. So that's 105 Cotway, Pelham, Alabama, 35124. So we're inviting all the women to come, especially on the second, but from first and third, the men as well are invited. Wonderful, wonderful. And again, I'll make sure this information is shared uh, with our listeners. And I really thank you for coming on and sharing your story, your testimony, as, a, as they say, you turn this test into a testimony. And, and out, yeah, you're out there empowering others. And I really appreciate that. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank and you for having me. Any parting words? Uh, crawl if you cannot do anything else but make some destiny towards where God is calling you make a move towards destiny I encourage somebody don't fight don't 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 fight to run don't fight to work just crawl make that step and you will see something great happening it's not by might it's not by power by the Holy Spirit. All right. Thank you so much, Pastor Terry. Um, and to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you've missed any portion of this broadcast or would like to find out more about Dr. Diane A. Thompson, please join us on www.drdianethompson.com. That's www.drdianethompson.com. Remember, your health is your wealth. Have a great evening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.